This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the Feast of Christ the King, the 20th of November. If you have ever visited Westminster Cathedral, the first thing that catches your eye is this splendid high altar and suspended above it the magnificent crucifix. Against the dark cavernous ceiling, its Byzantine form and exotic colouring really strikes you. It's a picture of Christ reigning from the cross. When Pope Benedict visited England a few years ago and celebrated Mass there, in the course of his homily he remarked, The visitor to this great cathedral cannot fail to be struck by the great crucifix dominating the nave, which portrays Christ's body crushed by suffering, overwhelmed by sorrow, the innocent victim whose death has reconciled us with the Father and given us a share in the very life of God. The Lord's outstretched arms seem to embrace this entire church, lifting up to the Father all the ranks of the faithful who gather around the altar of the Eucharistic sacrifice and share in its fruits. The crucified Lord stands above and before us as the source of our life and salvation, the high priest of the good things to come, as the author of the letter to the Hebrews calls him. This image of Christ, especially in our great art, has often been described as a terrible beauty. It was precisely this image that the good thief saw as he was dying, and it is this so-called kingship that is central to our Christian belief. For us believers, we see not the picture of tragedy and suffering, but the image of a saviour who deigns to suffer on our account. It is a terrible beauty because it calls only for gratitude and surrender of heart. In his humanity, Christ went down into the very depths of human misery and beyond and emerged victorious. Christ knows the extremities of our human suffering in all its forms. Sickness, bereavement, breakdown of relationships and family life, and all our moral weaknesses. He knows all of it. This is the reason we celebrate this feast of paradox, the kingship which turns all earthly power and sovereignty on its head. This is in fact the reason why the crucifix is placed on or near the altar where we celebrate Holy Mass. But there is an essential difference between the cross and what happens on the altar. A great work of art, however beautiful a crucifix may be, only portrays what is happening at the altar visually. The cross and Calvary, especially when beautifully executed, only look like the event. But it is upon the altar that the actual event is taking place, even though to human eyes it may not look anything like that in reality. Jesus stands before us, and in every Mass he says, Today you will be with me in paradise. This is the dominion and kingdom of Christ, Christ reigning over our minds and over our hearts. Every year during this last week of the Church's calendar, we're reminded of this dominion of Christ during our days of Eucharistic exposition and adoration, or 40 hours prayer, as it's often called. The 
last three days of the year are given over in our parish to the adoration of Jesus reigning in the Blessed Sacrament. And each year I remind us again about this time and how this time is given to us as an invitation from the Lord himself to spend time doing something that we find very challenging. Spending time doing nothing except just being with Jesus here and growing silently in love for him. On the night before Jesus was crucified, he reproached his apostles. Could you not watch and pray with me one hour? The Christian's privilege, our duty and our joy, is to spend this time with Jesus. And to do this is to renew the church from the inside outwards. We've been hearing quite a bit in recent times about the importance of renewing our diocese, its structures and its manpower, and in order to make the spreading of the gospel more effective. But there is only one true way to renew the church in any time or place, and that is that work which begins humbly bringing us to our knees before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. All of the work of the church can be reduced to this single consideration. Unless we encounter Jesus in the desert, we can't live in the city. We have to learn how to leave the marketplace and spend time alone with God so as to return to the marketplace, to the home, to the factory, to the classroom, to our normal lives, renewed with his life. Only the experience of the transfiguration of Jesus and the experience in the Garden of Gethsemane allowed the apostles to live that faith, that union with Jesus. And we have to imitate the apostles in their behaviour. So I appeal to each of us to spend time, the very time that God himself has given us, to spend time alone with him. If you're a family, then try to come to the children's benediction on Friday afternoon, or just come quietly here alone for a few moments of silent reflection. It is a reminder to us that the goal of everything we do here is heaven, and that what we do here is what we shall be doing in eternity, that is, enjoying the presence of God. In heaven, Jesus shares his glory with Mary. We consider this every time we pray the final mystery of the rosary. May she obtain for us the grace to be frequent and fervent adorers of her Son in the Eucharist, and so increase within us the desire for the things of heaven above the things of earth. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of the universe. Grant, we pray, that the whole creation set free from slavery may render your majesty service and ceaselessly proclaim your praise. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>